When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Oh, I've been thinking a lot about my plants this week. Um, I think of myself as a plant person. We have a ton of plants around our house, but one time when we had friends over for dinner, (laughs) my friend was like, do you think of yourself as like being good with plants? And I was like, yeah, I think so. You know, I think I have to like kill one of every plant to figure out how to take care of it. And she was like, oh, that's interesting because you mostly have pothos. (laughs) Pothos are like other easy to care for plants like in your house. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's why. (laughs) Maybe that's why I feel like I'm good with plants because I just have like the easiest possible plants to take care of. Like if you don't know, pothos are like these like vining plants and when they're thirsty, they just kind of tell you and you can kind of like water them on a pretty regular schedule, which works for me. Um, And if you miss something, it's not like the end of the world. They kind of just recover. And yeah, but I have like an aloe over here who is like looking pretty sickly, if I'm honest, and some snake plants that are struggling. So I, yeah, I think I'm not really good with plants. I think I just get the easiest ones to care for. And this has been on my mind and kind of why I'm thinking about this because I'm trying to figure out a new schedule for watering them because I typically just water on Saturdays, but the problem is that we have so many that it has become like a real burden to me. Like I'm starting to feel like resentful because it takes up so much of my Saturday. The other thing is that I don't make time for like the deeper work that needs to be done with them, like repotting or fertilizing or aerating the soil because I am so sick of them by the end of watering is time, if I'm honest. So I need to like spread that energy out so that I have the energy to do the things that they need from me. So what I intend to do is like break it up by section and give each section a day. So like the living room will be Saturday, the office will be Sunday, kitchen on Monday, etc. And I think that's going to work really well for me because there's just so many tasks that the plants need from you that I need to be giving them. And um, I'm still keeping like the two bigger rooms with the most plants for the weekends, but I'm going to like let it go. But which brings me to my question for you, which is, do you know if you can repot plants in the winter? 
I know we're like supposed to wait till spring. Like that's ideal. But like, am I, are my plants going to like die if I do it in the winter? Because I do have this aloe that clearly needs it. And I feel like I'm watching it wither away. But at the same time, like I don't want to I don't want to kill it by repotting it. You know what I mean? So if you know, if you're like, you can definitely do that or you definitely shouldn't, do me a favor and DM me because it would mean, it would mean a lot, quite frankly. Um, but that's what's on my mind today. I'm just thinking about these plants <laughs> and thinking about how like well I thought I was doing and then her to be like, oh, it looks like <laughs> you just keep the easy ones around. And um, she's right. That's what I do. All right, let's get into today's topic. Today, we are debunking the myth that you have to be a morning person to meet your goals. We hear this myth everywhere, right? It's on my YouTube feed. It's like full of videos saying how to become a morning person, how to wake up at 5 a.m. We have books like The Miracle Morning, The 5 a.m. Club. There's literally a book titled Make Me a Morning Person. And the truth is I see the effects of this most on my own social media accounts because by luck of birth, I happen to be a morning person who loves morning routines and I share it online and it's super nourishing for me. And I so because of that, I get comments like, I wish I could do that. I would do that if I didn't have kids or how do you do all of that before you have coffee? And I it just kind of makes me sad. And I think... I think so for a couple of reasons. I think one, it puts shame where shame doesn't have to be, right? This this idea, which I think is often preached from a place of certainty, uh, as if like, okay, your morning routine is everything and successful people wake up and they grind. Um, that's my like impression of a bro. <laughs> so, but it like this energy of, you have to wake up and hustle and how you start your morning is how you start your life. Um, I really think it puts shame where shame doesn't have to exist, right? Being a morning person doesn't make you God. It doesn't make you like a Buddha. Like it literally just makes you up earlier. Like it's nothing to like, it's, no one's getting a Nobel Peace Prize because they woke up at 5 a.m., you know? Like, let's let's chill about it, okay? So I think it, it, it puts shame where shame doesn't have to be. If you're naturally an evening person, you naturally sleep later, I think it's fine. Like, and it's not something to feel ashamed of. But our society and our, like, entrepreneur culture especially has really made it seem like this is what you have to do. Um... The second thing that I don't like about it is it makes us reject our circumstances, which causes more suffering. And y'all know I do not want you to suffer. Like, think about that statement earlier that like this DM I get all the time, like, oh, I'd love to do that, but I have kids. Like it puts, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything to the people who say that, more so the impact that this kind of language and this type of teaching has on people to feel like, if only I didn't have children, these humans that I love, these beating hearts of, of things that I, I love more than the world. If I didn't have them, then I would be productive enough. Like, come on. Like, what's the goal here, right? Is the goal to be like resenting our circumstances, resenting our family because they're preventing us from like getting up and doing yoga in the morning? Like, 
I really think like there's one that's clearly more important than the other. And because this is preached as though you cannot be successful without doing it, or you can't have self-care if you don't do it in the morning, we're like presenting it as if your kids are the obstacle to your ability to have what you want in your life. And I just don't think it's true. I think it's a puzzle that we have to work out for ourselves. Um, it also makes us reject our personality type, right? Like maybe we're someone who likes to sleep in. Maybe we're slower in the morning. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's no need to reject that in yourself. Um, and I think it can also just like make us reject generally like our life. Like if my circumstances don't allow me to be this person or if they make it really hard for me to be this kind of person, then like it's wrong or bad. And that to me is not the goal of self-care. The goal of self-care is self-nourishment, not self-perfecting. Number three, it creates an all or nothing mentality. Um, I try to avoid all or nothing mentalities because I spent years of my life yo-yo dieting, right? Like you were strict, you were strict, you were strict, and then you rebel. That's what it was for me at least. And I never was like a binge eater. That's not really my personality. But it was more so like I would restrict so much. Like for months at a time, I would eat like this is probably should be a trigger warning. I would not eat enough food. Um, and then I would just be like, okay, screw this. I'm doing whatever I want. And I'm just going to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, without actually having like a healthy relationship to food, right? There's no like moderation was, was built in. No sense of like what's nourishing to me. What is my body telling me? What does my body want? And I think that this sense of like, 5 a.m. and grind is an all or nothing mentality. I either wake up at 5 a.m., I do my morning routine, or like my chance for self-care has gone for the day. So I'll just give up and realize like I can't do this. People with kids can't do this or people who aren't morning people don't get self-care. And obviously that's not true. So let's get into what I am saying, right? Yeah, so it creates this all or nothing mentality. But before we get into like what I want, what I am saying here, I want to be clear about what I'm not saying. I am not saying that rituals and routines are bad and you shouldn't try to have them. I think you get to choose if they serve you or they don't serve you. Um, in my opinion, they can be incredibly nourishing and have been incredibly supportive. And if you're feeling ungrounded, uncertain, you're having a hard time doing the things you want to do in your life, ritual and routines can be a very supportive tool they're not the only tool, they're not the only way, but they are a great way. That does work. <laughs> I'm not saying that you are fixed as a person who can never change. Um, like I'm, you know, I'm not saying like, okay, you, if you like to sleep in, you'll always ever, you'll always be a night person. Um, I'm not implying that you don't have the ability to change or grow if that's something you desire. I am just saying to question the reason why you feel the need to do these things. Do you feel like you need to wake up at 5 a.m. because that's the time of day that you feel like you're going to get the most nourishment? Or do you feel like you need to wake up at 5 a.m. because everybody makes it seem like it's easy and like you should be able to do that? Today's podcast is brought to you by Indeed. 
Think about someone who has changed your life for the better. How incredible would it be if your company could find more of those life-changing people right when you needed them? If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. The work of hiring someone, training them, is so underrated. It is so much work to find the right candidate who can last in the job and really be qualified for the work that you have for them. That way you're not spending all of your time and resources training someone who isn't going to last. That's why I love Indeed's Instant Match feature. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. So join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash egram to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash egram. That's Indeed.com slash egram. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Number three, I am not saying that having a morning routine isn't supportive, right? When you can identify what you want and then can make that a simple but supportive plan, I think morning routines can be lovely. You just need to be in control of what they are. There's a quote from Kevin Griffin that I really like. He's a a singer of Better Than Ezra. He's like in that band. But he was interviewed about stress, morning routine, and they said, I wake up early enough every morning to have some alone time. I have an app called Simply Being that's made for meditation. I do that for five to 10 minutes in the morning, and somehow it helps make the chaos of life have some sort of definition. Exercise too keeps me able to deal with everything and not get too stressed. Like, that's it, (laughs) y'all. Like, that's it. He is a very famous musician and he ha- he's like, I maybe meditate for five to 10 minutes in the morning and I exercise. Maybe I do that in the, you know, he's not even saying he does that in the morning. And I think these two simple things give him the result that he's looking for, right? He doesn't want to be stressed out by the chaos of his life. So he meditates and he works out. Like it's not complicated. It's not restrictive. It's supportive, And it's simple. So let's get into what I am saying. I am saying that our circadian rhythms, our sleep patterns, are thought to be predominantly genetic. Like from the studies we have, we we are led to assume that our schedules, if we're a night person, a morning person, when we sleep, when we wake, it's pretty genetic. Meaning there's not a lot you can do about it. Like you kind of are who you are. And we've established in the past that there are ways to change these patterns. You're more than able to change them. 
but would you change them if you didn't think there was anything wrong with them? Like, would you feel this like intense pressure to become a morning person if maybe you just didn't care to be, if it didn't feel like this social pressure to do that? Um, This is important because conforming ourselves to fit the cycles that don't belong to us is a recipe for shame, which I'm trying to prevent you from going into. Um, When we focus on trying to force ourselves into a box that does not fit us, it's rare that we look at the box and go, this box is the wrong size and shape. Instead, we go, what's wrong with me that I don't fit into this box And that's what I think is happening to a lot of us with morning routines is people are saying, you need to get up at 5 a.m., you need to have a miracle morning. And then when we can't do that or we struggle to do that or we don't find that enjoyable, we feel like something's wrong with us, not the system. And I just want to encourage you to remember that likely this is not a choice. This is not a failure of behavior. This is likely just a genetic situation that our society is ill-supported ill-built to support. Okay, I am saying that self-support and nourishment does not only belong to the morning time. This is important because it's that diet culture mentality of all or nothing. Like, I either wake up at 5 a.m., get all of my self-care in, or I don't get it that day. We deserve support all day long. And I'm someone who's been guilty of showing like all of the good things into my mornings, being like, okay, all of the self-care I have to give myself today, I'm giving before 9 a.m. Because it feels like we're supposed to stuff our mornings full with all the self-care activities, and then I just kind of neglect myself for the rest of the day, and that's not the goal, right? I think the ultimate goal is to create a loving relationship to ourselves and to our bodies, and we listen to what we need and we respond in real time like we would a child, right? Like if my kid says, I'm thirsty, I give my kid water. If my kid says like, hey, I need a little bit of attention, I'm going to give my kid their attention. I'm not going to be like, sorry, you missed your chance by not waking up at six this morning. Like too bad, so sad. And honestly, like at the end of the day, like what's wrong with a night routine? What's wrong with a 10 minute morning routine? Nothing. Like literally nothing at all. So we can really simplify things. And there's no, there's no other than like I have to get to work at a certain time, right? There's no real reason you have to wake up at 5 a.m. to get that morning routine in in play. Now, I will say like, okay, I wake up at like 6.20 because I want to have 10 minutes before my kid wakes up to have quiet by myself before the rest of my family is up. But at the same time, like I'm a morning person. My husband, he stays up at night to have that time alone when everyone else is sleeping, right? Like either of those times are fine. I don't think we need to like moralize one or the other, right? So when can you get what you need? You get to pick. For yourself what that looks like and how much time you give to what to where what I want all I'm asking for you to do is to not neglect yourself just because you don't wake up at 5 a.m. right self-care can happen all day long at any time and I am saying that advice that is given with this much of a one-size-fits-all approach should be a real red flag that deserves questioning right it's important that we say this because 
we should be the deciders of what enters our atmosphere, right? When blanket advice is thrown around that directly contradicts the scientific evidence that we have, we end up building expectations and societies, not to be dramatic, around these experiences that aren't even backed by genetics. But when it comes to your relationship to yourself, I'm more concerned that you will work against your own best interest because someone who with a lot of confidence told you that it was the only way, right? So if you're like, I really love my evenings, I love staying up past the time that my family does, that's when I get my alone time, sleeping in is like the greatest joy of my life, and then this like bro comes in and he's like, wake up at 5 a.m., you need to, you need to do things you know, you work hard, hustle. You're not going to make it if you don't, you don't wake up in the morning with the energy to make it. Um, what is, there's like a quote that's like people, successful people are, are acting when everyone else is sleeping. Like, give me a break. Like you guys, we get to choose. We get to choose when we take care of ourselves. We get to choose when we work on our side projects. And for some of us, we're going to get a lot more creative work done at 1 a.m. than we're going to get done at 5 a.m. And there's nothing wrong. There's no right way. We're all just doing the best that we can. And we're all pretty much given these bodies and these bodies are just telling us what we get to do when we sleep and when we wake. And allowing ourselves to be okay, I think would solve a lot of problems. I think a lot of people who I know who like really struggle with insomnia, I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if maybe you're a night person. Maybe you don't want to go to bed at 9 p.m. Maybe you like sleeping, like your body wants you to go to bed later. And it might be worth exploring what that feels like. Because if we don't moralize mornings, then what do we have to lose, right? I don't know. Just something to think about. Um, so what do we do now? I have some suggestions for ways that we could explore this a little further. The first is to explore your hours. So when I used to do burnout prevention recovery coaching, in my experience, like working one-on-one with clients, we all have certain hours that work best for us to do different things, right? We have like magic hours where we can be both creative and productive. We have hours where we can only really be creative. We have hours where we can only really be productive. We have hours where we are more social, hours where we need to be like left completely alone. Like do not talk to me after 9 p.m. Like I don't want to talk to anyone. Um, circumstances that decide the hours that we have for us, right? Like if we have babies, we're working within constraints. If we have work schedules, if we go into an office, we have constraints. We need to take all of these things into consideration so that we can get realistic with the hours that are available to us for self-care. So what I used to do with one-on-one clients, and I will encourage you to do this for yourself, is track your week. Pay attention hour by hour when you're sleeping, when you're waking, when you feel creative, when you don't feel creative, when you feel like social, when you don't feel social. Just notice the patterns that come up for you. Um, For me, it became really clear that I'm extremely productive in that like nine to noon window. I can be both creative and productive. From like one to five, I can do 
work, but I struggle to be creative. Like I can get work done, like tasks accomplished, but they may not be the most inspired things that I make. Um, I'm also very much more social at that time. I don't feel as much like my magic hours. If I schedule things in those hours, I feel like they're stealing from me, you know, but in the afternoon, I'm much more social. Um, then, you know, I, like I said before, I would say even 8.30 p.m. I want to be left alone <laughs> from there until bed. Um, so pay attention to those things and determine how you want to feel in your life this season and what small shift in the morning or in the evening or in the afternoon would support you. So if you want to be less stressed, maybe you meditate or exercise. You want to be more creative. Maybe you unplug certain times of day or you journal. Maybe you want to be more rested. You get more sleep, create an evening routine that supports you. Maybe if you want to be more productive at work, you have like a work startup routine that you do when you go into the office. The point being that nourishment comes in all shapes and sizes, and it's not a moral failing to do them at any time of day in any way that you have access to it. So I hope this feels supportive to you. Let me know if there's a self-help myth that you would like me to debunk. Call or text it into 828-338-9127. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.